the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Former Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke leaves prison. Crime and time does not correspond. Democrats block a bill that could stem the flow of illegal fentanyl. 219 Democrats, uh, they, they blocked consideration for, uh, in the House, they blocked consideration for it. Parents in Virginia sued the school board in Loudoun County over the refusal to implement Governor Yunkin's mask policies. This can't be real. No, it's real. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look into today's top stories for Friday, February 4th. I'm Mike Scott. Jason Van Dyke is back on the streets. The former Chicago police officer left prison Thursday after serving less than half of his nearly seven-year sentence for killing black teenager Laquan McDonald angering community leaders who feel the officer's punishment didn't fit the crime. Father Michael Flager says it's not right that the former police officer is leaving prison after serving less than half of his sentence. Right now, this is about Laquan McDonald and this is about Jason Van Dyke. But this is much bigger than both of them. Justice is on trial right now. Bishop Tavis Grant with the Rainbow Push Coalition says activists want federal prosecutors to bring civil rights charges against Van Dyke. Reverend Jesse Jackson led a delegation of leaders to meet with the executive assistant, Attorney Morrissey, to receive the letter, a joint letter, demanding a status on the investigation of the murder of Laquan McDonald as it relates to the violation of his civil rights. And the Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr., says the early release of Jason Van Dyke is re-victimizing the black community. Safe did not do his job here. Crime and time does not correspond. President Biden says his strategy to combat gun violence includes more funding for police and social services. Daybreak Insider's Greg Clugston has the details. During a visit to New York City, which recently held funerals for two city police officers killed in the line of duty, the president called for greater investments in local police departments. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding. That puts distance between him and some liberal Democrats who want to shift funding away from the police. The president also called for enhanced social services and a crackdown on ghost guns. Greg Clugston. Washington. FBI Director Christopher Wray joined NBC News discussing the magnitude of spying on the U.S., which he says blew him away. When asked how serious the situation was, he didn't pull any punches. I would argue that it's that there is no country, no country that presents a broader, more severe threat to our innovation, our ideas, and our economic security than China does. So why is the Chinese government spying on America 
at such a magnitude. They want to replace the United States uh, as the world's greatest superpower. How great is the scale of the CCP's spying? It's, I've seen, you know, breathtaking sums. I will say it's the greatest thing we've ever seen in terms of its scale. You know, we are investigating, uh, opening a new China-related counterintelligence investigation. Typically, it involves theft of American intellectual property or secrets uh, about every 12 hours. Is the U.S. the only country that China is spying on? A lot of these tactics that we're describing, uh, we see not only targeted against the United States, but against countries all over the world, uh, especially our allies. Uh, but certainly, the United States is their number one target. And what is the FBI doing to stop the threat? So an awful lot of what we're doing is to try to enlist the help of partners and to raise awareness so that others can help take steps on their own to mitigate and disrupt the threat. On Wednesday, House Democrats blocked consideration of H.R. 6184, also called the Halt All Lethal Trafficking of Fentanyl Act. Julio Rosas, senior writer for Town Hall, joined the Daybreak Insider to discuss the bill and its impact on the narrative of the Biden administration's soft-on-crime position and what impact it may have on the midterm elections. So what is H.R. 6184, and how would it have stemmed the flow of illegal fentanyl? Uh, this this bill would have, uh, if Democrats didn't stop it, uh, this bill would have permanently made it a Schedule One drug, which means that there is uh, there's almost no use for uh, medical purposes, and because it's extremely harmful. And so the bill would have carved out still that medical use for it, but the thing is that there's mandatory minimums that go along with a Schedule One classification as opposed to the Schedule Two. How might that have helped law enforcement? That this would have made it more permanent and that, uh, you know, it gives a law enforcement more resources to kind of go after the, the people who sell it, the, 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 the traffickers and, and things like that. Do we know why the bill was blocked? Uh, well, uh, you'd have to ask the Democrats that. Uh, from, from what I hear, it, it is because of the mandatory minimum. For, for people who, like I said, who are selling and, and, and distributing it, along with uh, traffickers. How does the bill's mandatory minimum come into play? It, it kind of shows that the, the politics of this broader discussion that we're having about criminal justice and what it means for, you know, uh, equity and all this other kind of uh, topics are, are going to result in uh, more Americans dying from, from something that... Uh, you know, maybe law enforcement should have an easier time going after. Are Democrats on Capitol Hill going to abandon the administration over its soft-on-crime proposals in tough election districts in the fall? The the Democrats who are in moderate districts or, you know, not D-plus-10, uh, they're, they're going to be in a tough spot because they still have to kind of toe the party line. But the party line overall, and you know, you have the progressives who want more, quote-unquote, uh, criminal equity and criminal justice equity uh, being implemented. I mean, yeah, they're they're not going to uh, want to go along with that. The, the moderates, but again, this is what happens when you put politics ahead of what your constituents want. And that's why I think. I mean, obviously, we have until the midterms in, in November, but I think that's why we're going to see one of the reasons we're going to see 
uh, Republicans take back both uh, the House and the Senate. Is this narrative another reason why many Democrats are choosing to retire instead of running for re-election? There's just a lot of uh, problems within the country right now uh, that, in, in my opinion, have, have been exacerbated by the Biden administration and their approach to those different problems. And so, yeah, no, they're not going to be able to justify that or explain away why things have become worse uh, now than you know a few years ago. Looking forward to the midterms, how will voters react to Democrats blocking this bill? It's the fact that there, there seems to be uh, solutions that are being proposed in Washington, D.C., which is kind of unheard of, right? <laughs> uh, they're, they're actually coming up with a solution to a problem, and then when they hear that Democrats are blocking it because oh, they don't want to be seen as too tough on, on, on crime because of, again, this kind of equity and criminal justice reform and all that, uh, yeah, I think I think that's going to play into one of the reasons why they just, if they have a Democratic uh, representative, that they're not going to vote for that. Our thank you to Julio Rosas for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. To read more from Julio, head to townhall.com. Virginia schools are back in the news as parents sue the Loudoun County School Board for refusing to implement Governor Glenn Youngkin's mask policy. Students who refuse to wear a mask were sent to the school auditorium, gym, or library. Some were even suspended. How long can how long can they be suspended for? The guidelines that we're receiving from the county is students' suspensions will end as soon as they are fully following mitigation policies. On Thursday, Mary Catherine Hamm joined the Salem Radio Network with her reaction to the Loudoun County suit. And she is astonished. Every story I find about them, I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click through a little bit more on this, do a little digging. This can't be real. No, it's real. After attending a virtual town hall, what did the superintendent have to say? I was attending a virtual town hall, of course, for safety at the, uh, at the Fairfax County Public Schools, where they have a little softer touch over there, but still do nothing in keeping children out of, out of school for a year. But the superintendent there wanted to highlight with a graph the compliance, it's, it's literally a graph celebrating compliance. So what were their final comments? And then another slide in which he told parents, what we're going to do is we're going to use the teaching time, of which there's pre- precious little because they barely ever go to school now, um, to teach mask compliance, even to children who might have medical exemption. What else does Virginia schools have planned in the near future? In Fairfax County, the proposed calendar for next year has 20-plus weeks that are four-day weeks instead of five days. Mary Catherine Ham says that people are starting to notice the relationship Democrats have with teachers' unions. People around here, in a way they never were, are very clear on what Democrats want for schools and what teachers' unions want for schools. And they are clear on the fact that this is an adversarial relationship, and they did not realize it was before. Congress may need to pass a third stopgap spending bill to keep the government up and running. A top Senate negotiator is predicting such a gambit. 
Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew has more. Senate Appropriations Committee top Republican Richard Shelby told reporters Congress is, in his words, probably headed for another short-term continuing resolution. If so, it would allow the government to keep operating at fiscal 2021 budget levels when the previous CR expires later this month. The latest delay comes even as top lawmakers work to hammer out a compromise on an omnibus spending bill for fiscal 2022, which began back in October. Bob Agnew reporting. The stock market is unfriending Facebook. Daybreak Insider correspondent Mike Gracia has the details. It was another bruising day on Wall Street as stocks were pulled down in the wake of a historic plunge in the stock price of Meta Platforms. The parent company of Facebook saw 26.4% of its value wiped out, erasing more than $230 billion in market value, by far the largest one-day loss in history for a U.S. company. The plunge was triggered by a weak revenue outlook for Meta. Stock prices for other social media companies, including Twitter and Snap, also dropped. The tech-focused Nasdaq took a 3.7% loss, its biggest drop since September 2020. The S&P 500 fell 2.4%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, which doesn't include meta platforms, fell 381 points or 1.1% to 35,242. I'm Mike Gracia. Sarah Palin's libel suit against the New York Times went to trial Thursday in a case over the former Alaska governor's claims the newspaper damaged her reputation with an editorial linking her campaign rhetoric to a mass shooting. The former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin says her reason for filing a libel suit against the New York Times was simple. Justice for people who expect uh, truth in, uh, in the media. Your work week may be getting shorter because of the pandemic. Many businesses have made the switch now to four-day work weeks. We get this story from Daybreak Insiders at Donahue. The last two years have forced workers and businesses to think out of the box. New mom Sarah Ray is head of business development at California's Volt Athletics. Three-day weekends work for her. I have a day dedicated to errands. I have a couple of days dedicated to family and relaxation without the stress of chores hanging over my head. San Francisco e-commerce company Bolt made the switch to a four-day work week in October. Chief People Officer Jennifer Christie says they aren't cramming five days of work into four. It really is about working differently. So how can we focus on the most important things and how can we cut out things that are are taking up time that, that just waste our energy. To encourage four-day work weeks, a California congressman, Mark Takano, has proposed a new labor law that would require overtime pay to kick in after 32 hours a week. I'm Ed Donahue. And finally, at the National Prayer Breakfast at the U.S. Capitol, President Biden said faith can bring the country together. I believe the common objects of our love that define us Americans are opportunity, liberty, dignity, respect, honor, service, truth, things everybody recognizes both here and around the world. As I stand in this citadel democracy that was attacked one year ago, the issue is, for us is unity. How do we unite us again? Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. 
I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.